Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. So the title of my message this morning is It All Adds Up. You know, we're doing our Freedom Series just now, and uh, we're based now of 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18. Yeah, I got there in the end. But before we get to that, you know, God has got a high calling for your life. God has got great plans, great purposes for your life. And sometimes the things that we're currently going through, we can't actually see the reason for it. We can't actually see why are we going through these things. God, why am I going through this? Ever asked that question? God, why? And has God ever answered you? I don't think so. Do you know, I love the, I love the story of when Kevin and Cheryl, when they tell us the story of them coming to plant a church in Aberdeen. God didn't tell them to go and set up this team and go and set up that team and make sure you connect with these people and go and do that and go and do this and go and do this. They just had a heart to say I'm going. I'm going to go and do what God has called me to do. And do you know, that in itself, Cheryl, is an amazing, amazing thing. To have the call of God in your life, to know the very thing that you need to be doing, to know the very lives that you're reaching, because you said, I choose, I choose to go and do what God has called you to do, means that we can come and do what God has called us to do. Amen? So there's a high calling for your life. And, you know, the other thing that, that, that really is the principal thing is that we walk by faith and we don't walk by sight. You know, the things that, that God sometimes asks us to do, would you understand it? No. But would you trust God that he knows the very things that he has called you to do? He knows the very things that this church is going to be doing in the coming weeks, coming months, coming years ahead. And here's one of my other favorite verses. I'm going to say that a lot today, by the way. Galatians 5 verse 1, Jane, you don't have this one, and it says, It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject to the yoke of slavery. You know, when I think about, um, when I think about freedom, wow, freedom to do the things that you want to do, freedom to just live, freedom to just be. You know, there are people who are not here anymore, and they paid a price such that we could be here for such a time as this. You know, world wars happen, um, great, great and awful things happen, but we are here because of someone's sacrifice. And here's the verse that that is the the, the whole subject matter and what we're doing just now in the Freedom Series. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18. And it says, But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into his glorious image. You know, I don't know about you, but I've never been in prison. I've never been in jail. I don't plan to be in prison. I don't plan to be in jail. But I remember one time I was asked to step into a police officer's car. <laughs> Ever had to do that? You know, we're just going to just check over a few details, son. And you're like, yeah, okay, just do what you need to do. And just let's just get on with it. But for someone to say that you cannot do something, I don't like it. I don't like it when someone says, Brian, you just can't do it. Because inside of me, I'm like, what do you mean? How dare you? Who are you? 
And that's even to a police officer. It really is. But there is, there's a freedom that we have because of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a freedom that we can walk in because of what he did. Not because of anything that we have done, but because of what he did. So I want to take you back a few years. Um, I was 17. I was leaving school. And I did not have a clue as to what I was going to do. You know, I don't know if any of you are like that just now, maybe some of you students. Uh, and you're thinking, you know, I've maybe got another year or so in, in, in my, my schooling career. What am I going to do? Will I go to university? Will I go to college? Will I get a job? Hey, will I get a job? Will I get a job? You know, and it's like, okay, God, what have you got for my life? And th- that was me. I was at the age of 17. And I remember over here in this conversation in the library, and this was out in one of the, the, the schools out in the country, and I overheard these people saying, so what are you going to do? You know, are you going to apply for that university course, and are you going to go and work, and are you going to do this, this sort of thing? Now in me, there was, there was none of that. I hadn't been thinking, right, what am I going to do after this? I hadn't been thinking, what are the plans that God maybe has for me? Because I was, I, was, I was saved as a young boy. And, um, and I was like, oh, better get marked together i better get applying for some stuff but what stuff will i apply for now as i was growing up i always said to mum and dad i think i'd love to be a pilot i think i'd love to be a pilot you know i'll fly you anywhere you want to go mum and dad and uh, and 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 i remember having a, a flying lesson and do you know the flying lesson was really cool and at the end of it i was like i don't know if i can sit on my my behind for every single hour of the day in this airplane flying so i'm not going to do that and then i thought hey maybe i could be a teacher maybe i could be a teacher maybe i could tell some kids some stuff and and inform them of all these cool things that that they need to know so that they can go out and and live in the world and all that sort of stuff and then i thought well actually maybe i should go to university study something that i don't have a clue about and then apply that to actually my whole, my, whole, um, my whole life. And I remember at that very point, you know, when you, you apply for, I want to go for this, um, I want to go for this course in Aberdeen, or I want to go for that course in Heriot Watt, actually, and I want to go for this course down in another Edinburgh um, University, and I even applied to somewhere down south. And uh, all the while you're excited, and you know, find that you need to get, I think it was, um, three B's and a C in order to, to get accepted onto the course. And, you know, in me, I just knew fine, yeah, I can do it, no problem at all. So I only had one week left to make these applications, so it was like six or seven, was it six or seven places I applied for? I've obviously just mentioned a few. And um, sent them away just in the expectation that, you know, they would come back and they'd say, yes, we'll just accept you, no problem at all, you don't need to do a single thing, just come in, we'll, we'll welcome you. So I got letters back saying, yeah, all the best for, for your exams that were coming up. And this was my sixth and my final year. And um, just get back in touch with us as and when you get your, your exam results and make sure you get your three Bs and your C and we'll just accept you with open arms and all of that. So that, I think that was probably, probably the, the December before my finals. And then uh, for the, the final exams, I think they normally kind of happened in, in May time. But the reason I say this is, you know, sometimes we have to step out and do some things that we're not sure about. Now, that might not be the plan or the purpose that God has for you, but actually to do it, what you're doing is you're knocking on the door and you're saying, yeah, let's just see what happens. Let's just see if, if this is something for us. Now, at the same time as well, um, I was told that in Aberdeen, there was an, uh, an opportunity for some of the students from the surrounding areas to apply for some bursaries 
from the Aberdeen University. So this wasn't to do with any of the other universities, but this was to do with Aberdeen. And I was like, okay, cool. That's me got a way of making money if I can, uh, you know, do some really well uh, exam results. So I, I then um, kind of applied for that, and probably within about, I think it was three months of, of, of hearing about it, the, the whole exam uh, time came around. So that was purely for the bursary. And, um, you know, you, hope, you meet a whole load of new friends, new faces, and it's like, oh, I wonder if I'll see you again in September when university starts and all of this. And, um, you know, all the while on the inside, I was, just, I was just feeling that sense, I know that I need to be going to university. Have you ever had that nudge on the inside where you just know that you need to be doing something, but you just can't see how you're going to get there? So anyway, the exam results, the final exam results, uh, the exams happened actually, and, uh, and it was May, and you know that way, people come up to you and you say, they say to you, so how do you think you did? And you know, you're quietly confident, oh, I think it should be okay, that sort of thing. Well, that was kind of me, you know, I wasn't the, the, the blase, yeah, fantastic, I've got five A's and, and all that sort of thing. But actually, when it came to it and the, 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 the exam results came out in the August, um, I, found that, I found that I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't get what I needed to get into all these universities. So you can just imagine, you know, my, my demeanor. You know, you, you have these great expectations. I'm going to go. I'm going to conquer the world. I'm going to go down to Aberdeen or down to, to wherever. And it just wasn't to be. And I was just gutted. I was like, okay, so I'm not going to be a pilot. I'm not going to be a teacher can't get into university, what am I going to do? But I still, I still remember that conversation. I remembered the conversation that I overheard in the library. And it was these two people saying, yeah, I wonder if we should just apply to, to, to university and see what happens. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm totally trusting God at this point, okay, because I know fine that I haven't achieved the things, that, that, the results that I need to get into to, to Aberdeen University. And then I got a letter through the post. And this letter said, Congratulations, Mr. Taylor, Mr. Brian Taylor. You have been awarded a bursary, a bursary for coming in the top 50 of hundreds and hundreds of people who sat the bursary exams back in, I think it was the March. And I'm looking at this going, fantastic, I'm getting a bursary. Now, this bursary, you know, it sounds grand. I think it was like £200 a year for the four years that you're in university, assuming that you get into university, Okay. So I've got two things going on here. I've got the one thing where I've not achieved the, the results that I need to get in, but then I've got this bursary letter that says, congratulations. So now I'm in a quandary. What do I do? So I decided to, um, to phone up the Aberdeen University, and I said, look, there's something kind of funny, strange going on here. I wonder if you can just work me through it, work it through with, with me. And uh, I said, look, I haven't managed to achieve my results. I think I actually got two Bs and two Cs, so I didn't get the three Bs that, that they needed. But look, I've got this letter from, from yourselves that says congratulations and all of that. So the lady said, let me just um, go away. I'll um, investigate it and I'll come back and I'll see what we can do. And I'm like, okay, God, as soon as that phone, call, that phone ended, God, I'm totally believing that you're going to open this door. God, I need you to come through. God, you can see my heart and all of this that I want to be doing this degree. Now, I haven't got a clue about engineering, but I want to do this degree. I want to just learn more. I want to be just totally doing the thing that you've called me to do. And then within a week, I got another letter. This letter said, Mr. Brian Taylor, congratulations. After consideration of da-da-da-da-da-da, we would like to have you enter the university course in Aberdeen University for a Bachelor of Engineering degree, Civil and Structural. We'll see you in September. Isn't that a praise the Lord? Amen. Now, 
that's a whole long story. A whole long story to say, you know, there was a journey that I had to go through there. A whole story that, God, what's happening? Do you want me to go to Aberdeen? Should I go somewhere else? But actually, God knows the beginning from the end. God knows the things that you're going to have to go through. Now, I could have chosen not to do the bursary exam. If I did not do that exam, would I have got into Aberdeen University? I doubt it. I think they've seen the potential. And if it wasn't that they've seen the potential, then possibly they had maybe some spare places left on the, the, um, on the course. Either way, I got in. And either way, four and a half, four years later, I managed to achieve with great determination my password in my, uh, in my Bachelor of Engineering degree. Now, for each and every single one of us, there are things that we maybe just don't understand. Oh God, what are you saying? Why, why am I going through this sort of stuff? I want to reassure you today that God knows the very end from the beginning. I think I've said that now three times. God knows the finer details in your life, and he knows, he knows exactly what he wants to do with you. So turn to your neighbor and say, it all adds up. It all adds up. It all adds up. You know, why does it all add up? It all adds up because we have a God who loves us. We have a God who sent his son Jesus to die for us. We have a God who trusts us to actually be part of his kingdom building program. So here's the verse that I need to speak on today, okay? And it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 21. And it says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we've got a job. We've got a job to tell people about their need to be reconciled back to God. And the only way they can do that is through Jesus Christ. Amen? So reconciliation. You know, this is an accounting term. And um, when, when Kevin dropped us the, the text to say to, to kind of preach on this, I was like, reconciliation, what's that all about? Because all I'm thinking is Jesus, God, and me. I'm not thinking accounts. But when I did some research via Google, um, I found that it says, reconciliation is an accounting process used to compare two sets of records to ensure the figures are in agreement and are accurate. So, for example, a general ledger check versus a bank account. You know, these bank statements must marry up. They must be identical. And it also speaks of closing the gap between two parties, i.e. Jesus closes the gap between man and to God. So it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. We have the will to choose whether we want to walk in that freedom. We have the, the will to choose whether we trust God or whether we will just trust in ourselves. So what do you need reconciled? Do you have a situation in your family that there needs to be a coming together? Do you have something where you just need to see a situation changed? You know, because God, he doesn't want your current state 
to be left any longer. God is in the business of reconciling. He's in the business of making a way even when we are not, um, you know, when we, even when we don't have the, 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 the attributes or even the, 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 the sin-free life to, to, to gain what God has got for us. So here's the key, okay? I've got one key today. And the key, it's found in Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2. And this is the New King James Version. And it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and fortress, my God in Him I will trust. Now I'm just going to take a bit of a break there. You know, that word abide... When you look it up in the dictionary, it means to stick to, to stand by, to act in accordance with. You know, every single one of us need to have a peace in our lives. You know, we have such busy lives. We have such busy itineraries. You know, we're going from here to there. Um, you know, we have work commitments. We have family commitments and, and, and all that sort of thing. But God, God wants you to know that there is a peace that he wants you to enter into. And you can achieve that by this word, abide. If we would abide in what God is doing, if we would abide in who he is. And just as I was preparing for this message, um, as I was preparing, I seen this, um, I seen this picture, okay? I seen this picture. And the picture that I seen, I'm not a rock climber at all, okay? But this picture that I seen, you're laughing. I'm not a rock climber. Um, But this picture that I've seen was this proficient rock climber, okay? He had all the gear. He had all the safety gear. He had the rope hanging him on, keeping him um, attached to the the rock face. But what I could see is that this rock face, it was so difficult. This rock face was so challenging. And yet this guy, he was on it and he was clung so tight. If you imagine someone trying to hug a rock face... He was hanging on. Now, I don't know anything about rock climbing, but I was watching my son Joshua with his cousin Nathan down the beach, I think it was last week. And do you know that way when you're on something and you don't kind of have, have experience on it? You're like a rabbit in the headlights. You know, it's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? I'm so excited. I want to do this thing. Well, Josh and Nathan, they were, they were like these, these rabbits just for a few minutes. And then when it was their turn, after they'd been told all the kind of safety precautions, they were up and down this wall like, like I don't know what. It must have taken them like one minute to scale it and then one minute to come down. They did it so, so quickly. But coming back to this picture, you know, this picture that I seen, this rock climber, was hugging close. He was as close to this rock as he could because I guess, Joe, keep me right here, if he's hugging close to the rock, then it's easier for him to move along. Can I get a nod? A nod? Fabulous. If we abide in Jesus Christ, then our lives, yes, we'll go through some things, but actually we're going to get to where, we, where he wants us to be much more easily. Amen. But the thing that I noticed about this rock climber in the picture was he was going this way. He was trying to go this way. And I really see that there's a model change coming for this church. And the model change is that, yes, we've been going this way. And now 
it's time to traverse to something over here because there's a new path for us. There's an easier way for us to go. And in the same way as the young kids were up and down that thing, up and down that wall so quickly, this rock climber was hugging the rock. He was over here and then he was achieving much more because he found that way that he just needs to go. God is doing a new thing in this church, amen. He is going to position each and every single one of us exactly where he wants us. And do you know what that means? That means maybe some of the people who were standing up today, maybe they'll be asked to do some other things. Maybe the people who are sitting down today will feel the urge on the inside I want to get connected. I want to be part of something. I want to be in a team. I want to find out about that rock climber who's hugging the, who's hugging the rock and then he's away up, up the face because he wants to achieve his goal. There are opportunities for each and every single one of us. Amen. You know, the one thing that when I was watching Joshua and uh, my young nephew, whether they be experienced or whether they be untrained, halfway up they had to take a rest. Halfway up, they had to get a break. Now, I haven't done this before, okay? But when I seen them, they were taking a rest and their partner was just holding the weight of them so they could take a rest. And they were doing this. They were doing this. It was like they were trying to be cool or something. They were doing this. And you know what they were doing? They were shaking out the burn because they were holding on so tight. They were using all of their upper arms so much that they had to shake out the burn. Isn't that what happened? And this is not just from the young and inexperienced, but this is from the mature, experienced people. So whether we are young or whether we are experienced, there will be a burn come even when we are asked to do something different or when we step up to what God has called us to do. Let that burn make you. Don't let that burn be the thing that says that you cannot do it or you just decline back and say, I'm not going to do it. Let that burn train you. You know, I remember when I was trying to get fit. Do you know, there was a burn that came, whether you're doing pull-ups, whether you're doing push-ups, whether you're doing sit-ups, there's a burn that comes, because that burn is getting rid of the excess. And there's excess in every single one of our lives that God is dealing with. Whether you like it or whether you don't, there's a burn coming, and that burn is going to mean that we're going to get to exactly where God has called us to be. Amen? So here's my favorite verse for the time. And it says, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster. That's pretty good. And to give you a future and a hope. So what does all this mean? You know, coming back to this word reconciliation. You know, I have such a lot of time for Miriam. I wonder where Miriam is. Miriam, let's appreciate Miriam. Miriam... You're a good woman. Miriam has the opportunity and the privilege of dealing with all of the the accounts, all of the finances within the church, along with a whole other stack of stuff that probably most of us don't know what you do. So thank you, thank you, thank you. But the reason I'm saying is when Miriam has to prepare the accounts for the auditor, she has to make sure that the accounts stack up. She has to make sure that when expenses come in, they're assigned correctly. So... If, for example, someone travels abroad somewhere and it's on a conference, then that cost gets assigned to the travel budget. Correct me if I'm wrong. Or if an income comes in, for example, our tithes and offerings, again, they get assigned to a a different code or a different costing. 
Again, she does this for every single thing that the church deals with. So if we purchase anything or if we receive money for anything, she has to do this. And all of that is done in the profit and loss um, account. And then, moreover, she has to deal with the balance sheet. So the balance sheet is basically a list of all of our liabilities, all of our assets, and really just shows us how profitable we are as a church, as, as we are as a charity. Now, for each and every single one of our lives, there's a reconciliation that has to happen. You know, before we knew Jesus Christ, there was a debt that had to pay. And in us, there is nothing, there is no ability to to have that debt paid. But thankfully, Jesus Christ came. Thankfully, Jesus Christ, because he's connected to Father God, he died on the cross, and because of his blood... We are reconciled. He paid the price for every single one of us that took us from our slavery into our freedom. So every single sin that we have ever committed is under the blood when we say, Jesus, come into my life, please forgive me. Every single thing wrong, be it a spoken word, be it a thought, be it an action, is under the blood of Jesus Christ. So in the same way as when Miriam clicks the button to say reconcile, what she's doing is she's looking to see if there's any differences that she needs to adjust because something is not in the correct place or anything like that. Jesus Christ has reconciled your life. He's reconciled your life from a life where there was no hope, no future, no destiny to a position in Father God that we can do all things, that we are overcomers, that we can achieve the goals, the plans and the purposes that he has for us. And that is all about that verse that I just read. So here's the next verse. It says in 1 Timothy 2, 3 to 6, it says, This is good and pleases God our Saviour, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. You know, let's stand up. This is the Eureka moment that we've been waiting for. You know, and I don't know every single person in this place, but I know that there's a eureka moment when the light gets switched on and you come to the realization that you need Jesus Christ, that your life can be changed, your life can be transformed. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.